Hey friends, welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain and it is a joy to have you with me on episode 137 of our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming those everyday challenges that we face in life. Hey, if you want to know more about me, check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. There you can see many of the other resources we put together. You can interact with me by email. You can get a copy of today's handwritten show notes in case this is something you would like to pass along to your leadership crew, to your friends. I would really love if you would leave me a review on whatever platform you're listening and a rating that would be hugely helpful for us and share this with your friends and other leaders. I would really, really appreciate that. Hey, today I want to talk about failure. Yep, failure. Uh, I'm calling it failure, the teacher we need, but the teacher we dislike. Failure, the teacher we need, but the teacher we dislike. You know, I was uh, thinking about this subject of failure and I um, I was chatting with my wife earlier today. We were talking about our, our upbringings and how we managed challenges in our families. We both came from divorced families and multiple challenges within our family. And we, we both recognized as, as we were chatting that one of the ways that we, we recognized if, if we're going to get our needs met, then it's up to us. And so we became very independent-minded people which is not always useful. It's not always useful when you're going to be a leader and collaborator. And uh, and I have found in that environment, failure was very difficult. So today, let's talk about the dangers of failure and how can we learn from failure. You know, as I just mentioned, um, in my, my upbringing, of failure was something to be avoided, not something to acknowledge or admit. Uh, I had a performance mindset. Uh, I didn't allow for anything less than what I believed was possible. And if anything, grades or, or athletic accomplishments or whatever, if it was lower than what I believed was possible, it felt like failure. And the reason that was so dangerous and, and I wonder how many of you can relate to this, is that failure um, equaled not accepted. Failure equaled you don't have any significance or something of value to contribute. Failure equals you're not worthy of love. And so failure for a leader, unprocessed failure, and uh, failure that's not seen as a teacher but seen as something to avoid can be can be quite damaging. And oftentimes I have found that failure actually sort of serves as a prophet. It forecasts what's coming if you don't learn how to grow through those moments where failure happens. Failure does not have to be fatal. Failure does not have to be fatal. And for my life, for many years, it was fatal. It's the only way I could see it. I couldn't see it as anything other than fatality and what had happened in my life. And I bet some of you can relate to that. But there are dangers to unprocessed failure. I share this both from my own personal experience 
as well as just being involved in leadership and reading on leadership and listening on leadership and following other leaders and observing other leaders. There are five general dangers that I have identified for unprocessed failure. By unprocessed failure, I mean you only see it as fatal. You see it as something to be avoided. You see it and experience it as something to be ignored. Beloved friends, beloved leaders, that is very dangerous. And let me tell you why it's dangerous. Five reasons. Number one, unprocessed failure creates disconnection. It creates disconnection. You, you're disconnected from your sense of joy. You're disconnected from your sense of purpose. You're disconnected from confidence. Uh, you're, you are disconnected from collaboration or from input from others. You and I are disconnected from an, a culture of empowerment uh, because we unintentionally set up these matrices and these systems that are rooted in performance and measurement, which can breed a culture of dangerous failure. That's not that's not a learner. And so disconnection is a very strong danger. A second danger is we just stop taking risks. We just start to play safe. We do what's reasonable. We do what that's in reach. And we just become small thinking, small decision making uh, leaders. The third danger is we start to hoard resources. We get very tight with our resources because we're not investing in anything. We're not taking any risks. We're not we're not reaching out and and going big and, and doing what what may be necessary to do. And so we just begin to hoard resources. The fourth reason is we become a disappointed leader instead of a dreaming leader. Yep, we become the disappointed leader instead of the dreaming leader. And uh, people don't want to serve a disappointed leader. It fosters a culture of negativity. We have a reason why things should never be done or risks shouldn't be taken or why things won't work. And so our vision and our dreaming and our our leading is more influenced by disappointment than dreaming and what's possible and collaborative risk-taking and going for things that are really going to add value to the lives of other people. There's an old proverb that says, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And I believe that's the power of disappointment. It sickens the heart. It sickens a vision. It sickens our values. And these things get sick. And we become that kind of leader. The fifth danger of unprocessed failure is that we place limits on those around us. We limit those around us. We, we don't want them taking risks either. And um, so those limitations show up in systems. Those limitations show up in expectations. Those limitations show up in conversation. Uh, you find that you're not celebrating. You're just um, sort of applauding the status quo rather than celebrating not just the great accomplishments, but actually celebrating bold decisions, wise and bold decisions. And so these are the five dangers of unprocessed failure. And unprocessed failure is fatal. It, it creates disconnection. It stops take, we stop taking risks. We hoard resources. We're the disappointed leader instead of the dreaming leader. And we just put limitations on those around us. 
So how do we, Lance, how do we learn and grow in times of failure? Because I relate to those five dangers a lot. I've lived those. I have felt those. I have been those things. And if I'm honest, at times I still sort of fall into that failure pitfall, you know, and can't quite get out of it. It takes a little bit to get out of it. What I want, what I want to do is shorten the lifespan, if not eliminate altogether the lifespan of these dangers by learning uh, and growing in times of failure. And here's five sort of B attitudes, five attitudes that I think will really position us to learn and grow in times of failure. Attitude number one is to be humble. <laughs> be humble. You know, when I make a mistake, and I know leaders when they make mistakes, man, pride rises up as a defense. Pride rises up as a justification for why things didn't go well. And pride can take on the blame game. Uh, pride is excuse making. Uh, pride just refuses to admit mistakes. Pride entrenches itself in ways of thinking and in decisions that aren't going to produce the kind of results that you want. And so it requires a tremendous amount of humility in the place of failure to say, yep, I blew that. <laughs> yeah, I got that wrong. Or, you know what? It was a calculated risk. We, we, we thought it through. We prayed about it. We talked about it. We thought it was wise. We thought it was the right thing to do. We believed that the breath of God was on it. It didn't turn out the way you wanted and it takes a tremendous amount of humility to admit that and say, yep, we missed that. But how can we learn from it? How can we grow from it? And I think the first B attitude that we need to learn and grow from failure is to be humble. Second attitude is to be a learner, is to be a learner. And this is so much connected to humility because I often define, <coughs> excuse me, define humility as just simply being teachable, that you want to learn. And so when I say be a learner, I'm talking about be diagnostic. Um, ask questions of the situation. For example, you might ask when, when something happens, you might ask the question, what worked? Uh, ask the question, what didn't work? Um, what are we celebrating? What needs improvement? Uh, what goal were we trying to accomplish? How close did we get to that goal? And so being a learner gets a little more into the minutiae, uh, into the detail of what was happening so that you can garner some facts and some data and some decisions. Maybe the communication chain broke down. Maybe the timing was off. Maybe what you had hoped had happened uh, based upon third-party resources or other people and the expectations just fell through the cracks. Those are things that you can find solutions for and you can grow and you can learn and you can actually make your ministry, your church, your business, whatever, more efficient. So be humble is more a posture of the heart. Be a learner is a little more posturing of the mind where you begin to get inquisitive and diagnostic about whatever the failure is that you're experiencing. The third be attitude on how to learn and grow in times of failure is to be a change agent, <laughs> to be a change agent. This is about initiating change. I mean, if what we did didn't work, then obviously we shouldn't keep doing that. We need to change something. Do we change our goal? Do we change our target line? Do we change our systems? Do we change our communication? Do we change the way we're collaborating? Do we need to insert something new? Do we need to remove something that's not working? And 
as a leader, you've got to be willing to be a change agent. You've got to be willing to think through those, have conversations, and be collaborative, which we'll talk about in just a second, but be willing to make those decisions. And again, I want to underscore for us the need for wisdom. We're not talking about rash, a quick, um, not thought out decisions. No, there's a wisdom and a patience that comes to this because we want to squeeze all the good juice we can out of something that doesn't go quite right. Otherwise, failure is fatal. B, attitude number four is to be a collaborator. So we're going to be humble, which is a posture of the heart. We're going to be a learner, which is a posture of the mind. We're going to be a change agent, which is this idea of, of, of recognizing something's got to be different and we're willing to take on that responsibility. Fourth beatitude is to be a collaborator. Other people are experiencing this failure maybe similarly, maybe differently than you, and you need to hear that. You need to hear their experiences. You need to know their perceptions. You need to know what their values were, why they made certain decisions, and process those things together and learn from those moments when something didn't go the way you wanted. And you can be in a collaborator. There's an old proverb that says, wisdom is found in a multitude of counselors. That's the heart of being a collaborator, is that you get your team together and you just start asking some questions and listening to what everyone is saying and write it down and jot it down and look for common themes and common ideas and common experiences. And and you're going to find some keys and you're going to find and discover some really insightful ideas and experiences and decisions that might have contributed to the failure and with the right kind of change and the right kind of learning and the heart of humility, you're going to adjust those things to where your collaboration creates momentum and your collaboration creates a tremendous sense of partnership, ownership. People have weigh-in, therefore they have, they have buy-in, therefore they have weigh-in. We've talked about that in a recent podcast. So be a collaborator. Be willing to get some people around the table and don't blame and don't wag the finger and don't point it at other people to say, hey, how do we, we, we own it, plural, possessive pronouns. How do we learn from this experience and get better? The fifth beatitude that can help you learn and grow in times of failure is to be gracious. I don't know if this is the most important beatitude, friends, But in all honesty, it's the attitude that I need the most for me. Because I'm not usually hard on others. I'm harder on myself. I have an ability to be gracious to others. I do not have the ability to always be gracious to myself. When I talk about being gracious, I'm talking mainly towards ourselves. Leaders are willing to go first, and they're willing to take risks, and they're generally willing to get out there and and bear the brunt of responsibility and take the heat, if you will, and hopefully deflect the praise pretty quickly to the team around them. But leaders, I also know, have a certain personality and a certain bent that when failure happens, they shoulder so much of that upon themselves, and in some ways that's rightfully so. 
But when they shoulder it, when we shoulder that, what we do is we start turning inward and we fall into the trap that I described in my upbringing is that my I failed as a leader and I'm not gracious to myself. I'm not compassionate towards myself. I'm not patient towards myself. I'm measuring myself and I'm coming up short. And that left unprocessed is when we start experiencing the dangers of disconnection and we stop taking risks and we hoard resources and we're the disappointed leader instead of the dreaming leader and we limit those around us. Friends, I want to encourage you to be gracious to yourself. I'm not giving you a reason to excuse poor decision making or the things that lead to failure. When you can be gracious to yourself, you open your heart up to the other attitudes. You be humble and be a learner, and be a change agent, and be a collaborator. It's difficult for me to partner with other leaders when they are so hard on themselves because it's like a wall has been built, and it's very difficult to connect to their heart and to connect to their mind on how we move forward. Being gracious to yourself is about being kind to your own heart. It's recognizing I'm not perfect, but I'm being perfected. And how does the failure lend itself as the advantageous teacher that I need, not necessarily the teacher that I like, but it's the teacher that I need. How do I lean my heart into the advantageous position of failure so that I can learn and that I can grow? It contributes to my being perfected, knowing that I'm not perfect. And friends, this is such an important value, an important attitude for us to have as leaders. How do we learn and grow in times of failure? Be humble. Be a learner. Be a change agent. Be a collaborator. And be gracious to yourself and to others. Failure. It's the teacher we need. But it's the teacher we dislike. And I encourage you to recognize that failure is not fatal. Embrace failure as an opportunity to learn. And friends, I believe you'll see it really work to your advantage. Thanks for listening today. Episode 137 of our little podcast, Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. Don't forget to check out LanceBain.com if you want to know more about me or glean many of our other resources. Get a copy of today's handwritten show notes. And please, I would remind you, would you please share a review on whatever platform you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, wherever it may be, uh, Amazon Podcast, and leave a review and share this with your friends. Have an amazing week, everybody. Stay healthy, stay hopeful, stay humble, and stay hungry. And I'll talk to you again next week.